Hey guys, Wes here. And when you hear this music, you know what time it is. It's commercial time on the Go Vols 24-7 podcast. What are we here to talk to you about this week? Again, Dancing with the Knoxville Stars. If you missed it last week, shame on you and your entire family. However, this is your chance to redeem yourself because there are still tickets available. Dancing with the Knoxville Stars, Saturday, April 14th at the Knoxville Convention Center. Dinner starts at 6. The show starts at 7. And what is Dancing with the Knoxville Stars, guys? It is eight of us local so-called celebrities. Still funny to hear that word. We will be partnered up with professionals. We will be going through our routines. It's going to be fun. They're going to be judged. You can fundraise. Uh, There's a fundraise competition and a dancing competition. It's myself. It's Leslie Ackerson from WBIR, Tyrone from Star 102.1, Heather Haley from WVLT, Laura Helm from WATE, former former professional cheerleader Lisa Henderson, local sports reporter, and uh, y'all remember her from her work with UT uh, and also WVLT, Sarah Mitchell will be there. Dr. Amit Patel from Children's Hospital will be there. Also, Sylvia Peters, a local art patron and philanthropist. Each of us are paired with a professional dancer. We've been going through our routines, practice for a couple hours this morning, and I got to tell you, I'm pretty sore because I'm pretty terrible at this. Patrick's sitting over there not even paying attention. That's good. That's what we're supposed to do for this ad. $75 for a ticket, guys. $400 for a VIP table. That's four tickets with complimentary champagne. Or you can just go donate a couple bucks. If you're like, hey, Wes, I want to give you a couple bucks to dance, but I can't be there, or I, I just don't want to give that much money, just a couple bucks will help, guys. All of this goes to East Tennessee Children's Hospital. Great cause. It's very near and dear to me. My mom used to work there, so please help us out. ETCH.com slash DWTKS. Once again, ETCH.com slash DWTKS. One more time, ETCH.com slash DWTKS. Come help the children, guys. How long has this two years been for you? Long time, you know, because, you know, uh, again, I go back uh, two years in a row. You know, I go back to that first year, and guys came in and bought into it. We knew we were shorthanded. And then last year we were in a position, uh, couldn't finish it. But uh, this year's group uh, got the work done early, and um, uh, so – this will be a new experience for them, but it's something they've, they've uh, had a lot of challenges this year. They've been uh, put in a lot of different situations, and this is another step for them, and this is what we can do with it. All right. Who can do it? What is that? That's what she said. Good morning, afternoon, evening, brunch time. Lunchtime, March Madness time, flying all over the country time, driving all over the country time, St. Louis, still not in the South time, Dallas, still not Nashville time. Whatever time of day it is, it's the right time for the Go Vols 24-7 podcast. Wes Rucker and Grant Ramey coming to you. I'm here in Fort Rucker studio. Grant is at the, uh, the Blunt County Satellite Office of... Go Vols 24-7. It was referred to as, you know, sort of the... What was it we called it at first, Grant? I have no idea. The daycare? That's what it feels like. Yeah, I don't... I'm trying to remember if that's... Because we called it something at first, and then you basically said that you preferred the term satellite office. 
I don't remember what I had for breakfast. So Oh no, we we're gonna I'm, call it the Blunt County Bureau. And then you said you preferred satellite office because it sounded like something that the Michael Scott paper company would do. So it's it's uh that's a reasonable explanation. I could I could buy that. Sounds like something that uh Sounds like something I would think. Yeah, or or say, or, you know, one of those two things. You know, if Grant and I are coming to you a little bit tired here, that might be because, uh, well, first off, because he has, like, 17 kids and because they're, you know, he he hasn't slept in years. But uh, for both of us, we got back into uh, East Tennessee, Knoxville, Blount County, about 4 o'clock or so, I think it was. uh, I think it was Monday morning. And uh, we're recording this on a Tuesday night before we both uh, get up tomorrow and go fly to Dallas, where Tennessee will be participating in the uh, in the NCAA tournament. Granted, it's been a it's, it's that time of year, isn't it? Yeah, it's uh, it's uh, it was weird having a selection Sunday where you're actually working and doing stuff. Uh, two selection Sundays ago, I was grilling in the backyard, and uh, <laughs> this time last year, I was. Uh, finding babysitters to watch these kids so I could go watch a lot of basketball uh, on Thursday and Friday, the first week of the tournament. So uh, it's a lot busier this time of year. It's, it's been a crazy uh, season. It's still hard to believe that Tennessee's sitting here as a three seed and uh, everybody talks about how much they like this team. It's, it's still crazy. They've won 25 games or a three seed, uh, but it's still still crazy the ride they've put people on. You know, it, as many things as this team has done, the one thing it could not do was the impossible which is when the Southeastern Conference men's basketball tournament, Tennessee's uh, putrid streak in that tournament continues. However, I, I thought it was, I thought there was more good than bad in that. And we're not going to spend too much time talking about the SEC tournament because the NCAA tournament is infinitely more important, and that's where we'll spend most of our time on this podcast. But I do think that we probably need to uh, break that down because Tennessee got to the championship game for the first time since 2009. Uh, and it fell behind by 17 points, rallied to take the lead on three separate occasions. It was a, a really good basketball game for about 38 minutes. And, and then Tennessee just did not have enough down the stretch, lost to Kentucky. So, Kentucky, congratulations, Wildcats. You have won the Kentucky Invitational yet again. And Tennessee has still not won this thing since 1979. They're Smashing Pumpkins yeah, song. The The only bad thing that happened for them, for Tennessee during the weekend, is they didn't win the final game. Uh, I, I'm more, I came out of that tournament more confident in this Tennessee team uh, than maybe any point I've been in them all year because they, they proved something in the tournament setting uh, that they can still be a very good basketball team day in and day out. Uh, not only because they got to Sunday and, and they you know you only lose the tournament by five points to a, a Kentucky team that's, that's kind of getting its stuff together right now and playing well, uh, but the, the way they had to do it, they, they kind of survived a, a game they didn't play very well Friday night against Mississippi State and, and find a way to win that one, hold on late after it looks like you're you're trying to find ways to give it away. Uh, and the game that followed Mississippi State was Arkansas-Florida, and Arkansas was pretty electric in that game. Yes. I mean, they were rolling. Uh, the, the arena was loud. There's a lot of Arkansas fans in there. It looked like they were going to be a really tough competitor the next day, and Tennessee comes out on Saturday and, shoots the lights out. I mean, 76% from the field is, is unthinkable. Uh, and you go up by 19 and you have to kind of fend off a rally, uh, by Arkansas in the second half. I think they got it down to 11, something like that. Yeah, 11. And they find a way to win that game. And then Sunday you spend the first 16 minutes, can't hit a shot, kind of sleepwalk and get down 17 points, uh, to a Kentucky team that's starting to, Figure it out, it looks like, and, and has a lot of talent, as, as all Kentucky teams always do under Calipari. 
and they erased that lead in eight minutes with a 25 to five run. I mean, that was uh, as surprised as I was that they were down 17. I was so much more surprised that they could turn it around and erase it that quick. And uh, you go down the final minutes, those two box outs, those two missed box outs, the, the offensive rebound by Gabriel and the, the big putback by Sasha Kilia Jones. I mean, that kills you. That's your backbreaker. Uh, but I left that tournament thinking that this team could be around for a while if they get the right matchups, and, and it does look like they got some some nice matchups. Yeah, it, it's funny. I think uh, you know sometimes when you when you write a column, you never really know how it's going to be received. And you know, I wrote a column which I thought was a was more of a complimentary thing after the game, saying, "Hey, you know what? Tennessee can't reverse uh, history. Tennessee's never going to warp the space time continuum enough to to win this thing." But you know what? It doesn't matter. This thing doesn't matter. And I know that rubs people the wrong way, but I'm telling y'all, when you are a surefire NCAA tournament team, the conference tournament largely does not matter. Now, if it costs Tennessee the two seed and going to Nashville, that is a big deal. But we don't know that that was the case or not. Cincinnati won that game on on Sunday anyway, uh, beat Houston, which is a ranked team. So it, it might not have mattered. And this thing, it's more about pride and it's about teams that are kind of on the bubble and teams that, that were terrible in the regular season trying to get a chance to get to go to the tournament. This is not terrifically important. Now, the mistake Tennessee made was when you get to Sunday, you might as well win the thing because uh, you, you've put those extra, you know, whatever, 40 minutes on your legs on Saturday. And, you know, why don't you just go ahead and win the thing at that point? So, that that was the disappointing thing, but you know I wasn't really stunned that they. I was stunned by the start. I was not stunned that they came back to take the lead, but I was stunned they did it as quickly as they did. I mean, it was like you snapped a finger, and it had gone the other way, kind of like an NBA game does. It, it was, it, it was really kind of fascinating, you know, to see this transformation of Admiral Schofield into becoming one of the better players in the Southeastern Conference and occasionally in all of college basketball, which he's always kind of had this potential but you know putting it together on a consistent basis like he's done the past few weeks has been uh, pretty special to see and and if he if he doesn't hurt his face there or his nose late in that game uh, in the second half who knows what happens but you know Kentucky had to play that whole tournament without Jared Vanderbilt so I don't think Tennessee can complain about that but I I think it was more good than bad for Tennessee and and I think honestly when you look at it Grant we'll, we'll go ahead and move forward to to the NCAA tournament because that's what ultimately matters here. I think it does suck for Tennessee. I'm not going to beat around the bush on that. It sucks for Tennessee that the Vols did not get Nashville. I think the Nashville-Davidson County Chamber of Commerce is irritated by not getting, you know, the only SEC team it got was Mizzou, and it did not get Tennessee when it would have been easy for the selection committee to do that. It did not get Kentucky. Uh, so, I mean, they're going to be fine there. It's a great arena. It's the NCAA tournament. It's going to sell out. But uh, it's it just kind of, I think, really unfortunate that Tennessee kind of got hosed on that end. But I think if you had told me they could go to Nashville with a really tough bracket uh, or pod or they could go to Dallas with a pretty manageable pod, I think you'd rather go to Dallas and play the manageable pod. And I think Tennessee got a pretty good deal here. Uh, now watch them go lose that first game. But I, I, you never know in this tournament. But – I like that that first weekend for them. I, I think that that sets up pretty well for them. Yeah, I mean, you, you look at it, you look at their bracket. Obviously, they're, they're drawing Wright State, uh, a 14 seed. Uh, Wright State, you know, they they didn't win the Horizon League in the regular season. They obviously won the tournament. They're an automatic qualifier. 
they're they're pretty good defensively. I think they're maybe fifty fourth, fifty eighth, something like that. But they're pretty awful offensively. Well, something like two forty eight uh, adjusted offensive efficiency on Ken Palm. So uh, this is a Tennessee team that obviously likes to play defense and likes to hold hold opponents to sixty five points or less. And and that certainly seems like something they can do. But you just kind of go up and down the list here. I mean, the opposite bracket six six is Miami, eleven's Loyola, Chicago. Obviously, six is uh, Miami's missing Bruce Brown. Uh, junior the guard he's not going to play I guess he's out for the season with his injury mm-hmm. uh, you'd like to think you can beat either one of those teams uh, and when you when you're talking about that it, it seems like it would be a disappointment if this team did not go to the sweet 16 uh, which is a crazy thing to say and a crazy thing you'd probably you know you'd be laughing hysterically if somebody tried to sell you that back in November but when you look at the bracket the way it all kind of played out uh, Atlanta is not that not that crazy. And that's the reward. Even though they didn't get to Nashville, uh, they did get the South region and they will get Atlanta if they do get to the second weekend. And obviously that would be a huge, uh, huge Tennessee contingent would be making that trip because the number two seed is Cincinnati. The number one's Virginia, uh, Kentucky or Arizona, you think would also be out of that uh, top half of the bracket. So there's going to be a lot of Tennessee fans there. Uh, if they can take advantage of this good draw, uh, make it to the second weekend and kind of reap that reward of, of being in the South region and having Atlanta uh, dangled in front of you. Yeah. And, and I'll say this, I, you know, that, that Illinois Chicago team, or I'm sorry, Loyola Chicago team, uh, that team can score. Uh, that, that team's got some, some really nice, it, it plays a style that it's, I don't know that it's the funnest to play against. And, and if it's Miami, then, that's a team that can can score the ball a lot, but but really can't stop anybody. So, and, and a team playing without arguably its best player still has an NBA uh, prospect on that team, but but not, you know, it's it, it's for us. If that's a second day tournament game or a second round tournament game, you're okay with that. Uh, and, and I don't want to look past Wright State at all. In fact, we do need to talk about the Raiders, even though they have a dog as their mascot, and but it's the Raiders. It's it, it's it's a little confusing to me. I need to look up on that why why that's the case. But you know that this is a team that is not really statistically all that impressive. Tennessee's lowest RPI loss all season, I think, was Georgia, and and Georgia's you know, RPI is around seventy five or eighty, and, and this team's well below that, like in the mid one hundreds. So it, it it's the March madness tournament it's, it's the NCAA tournament you can always expect some craziness and, and this is a 14 seed it's not a 15 or 16 seed it is a team that won a fair amount of basketball games in a pretty tough league you know ask Alabama a couple years ago or about uh, the Horizon League you know there's been a couple of uh, giant beaters uh, from this conference uh, throughout history so it, it, it's not just a gimme but I, I I like it you look at this team statistically they got you know the one good player maybe a couple good players but but this is not I mean if you're Tennessee I think you're looking at that bracket and going I like that and that that's the kiss of death when you say something like that but I kind of like it yeah that's certainly not what uh, you would want your players saying obviously if you're if you're Rick Barnes and his staff and and he said on Monday we'll talk about Wright State and we'll talk about Wright State only uh, but you, you just kind of got to be able to come out and take care and handle your business. Uh, somebody quoted uh, Admiral Schofield, I can't remember where I read it, saying, you know, we want to just handle our business. We want to we do what men do and, and just take care of what's in front of us. Uh, with a 1240 game on Thursday, you're the, you're the second game of the tournament, uh, aside from all the first four stuff that's playing out earlier in the week. Just don't be asleep at the wheel. Uh, come out. 
have a good start, take care of business, and, and you should be fine with this team uh, because you're obviously more talented than they are. Uh, you're a number three seed for a reason. They're a 14 seed for a reason. Uh, crazy stuff does happen in this tournament, but uh, if, if you're not asleep at the wheel to start the game, if you don't give the opponent any reason to think they can stick around, uh, then I think good things happen and you can move on. But but they can't overlook it because this is a Tennessee team that uh, obviously none of these guys have postseason experience based on how young this roster is and how long it's been since Tennessee's been to uh, not only the NCAA tournament, but in any kind of postseason. I mean, it, it's been nothing since that Sweet 16 run uh, in 2014. So uh, be focused from the jump and, and go from there and good things should happen. Yeah, you know, you, you look at the way things went in that game against Mississippi State, and, and Tennessee had had a week or so off or six days off before that game, or, or at least six days uh, without a game. And I think some of the players, at least they, I don't know what they told you, but the ones who I spoke with said that it was they, – they thought there may have been some rust uh, from that from from that layover and just practicing against each other and all those things. I don't know if it was that or, or, or some kind of nerves or whatever it was, but i tell you what I liked. I liked that, that Tennessee – you know, defense and rebounding travel, and, and Tennessee rebounded as well against Mississippi State as it has all season, and, and it doesn't win that game uh, if it doesn't do that. And and what I really liked was once that team got settled into that arena, it played a lot better the second day, and then the third day it, it probably had some nerves. Uh, it, there were some things that just it didn't look very good, but that team had the wherewithal and the kind of mental toughness to bounce back and take the lead in that game, even though it didn't win that game. That you know, I would be kind of surprised if this team just kind of goes out there and messes down its leg. Now, it's the tournament, and one of the reasons why this is maybe the best tournament in all of sports, I think probably the best tournament in all of sports, is because you get to see all these plots, you know, kind of plots on plots on plots. You get, you know, the, the Cinderella's coming through. You get these top-seeded teams that just go out there and fall on their face. You know, so those bright lights and that spotlight, they kind of they can expose you. And you can either thrive in that environment or you can kind of cower and hide in that environment. And the way this, everything we know about this Tennessee team, there are no certainties, but everything we know about this Tennessee team, I just, I think they're going to go out there and play reasonably well. I think they're going to go out there and, and have a good tournament. I, I might be sitting here, you know, 10 minutes into the first game and going, uh-oh. But, you know, I, 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 I kind of think that there's just kind of a, a confidence in this team that, that, that should make it okay. Yeah, and I think you could say ignorance is bliss. I mean, they don't uh, they don't know the pressures of these tournaments, or the, if the, if there was pressure felt uh, at the SEC tournament, uh, you didn't really see it. I do think they were rusty on the first night. Uh, Rick Barnes has said this team doesn't handle two days off well. They they come back kind of rusty uh, if they don't get to stay in rhythm. I think you saw that Friday night. Uh, he also said he, they he wished they had more time in the gym at Scott Trade Center before that first game and. And that's going to change this week because last week they had two shoot-arounds in Scott Trade Center, uh, and they had to do their full practice at a different gym at, at Webster University in St. Louis uh, because of all the teams and you know the hectic schedule when you have 14 teams in one place. Yes, yeah, the worst. Uh, for, it's the worst thing about having that that 14-team tournament with the double bye. Right, and then you and then you look at this week. They're gonna they'll, 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 they got their Tuesday uh, afternoon evening. They'll have a full practice at American Airlines Center in Dallas Wednesday afternoon, uh, kind of a, around the same time of day that they're going to be playing on Thursday. So it's a little bit different where they do get the full practice in there. Uh, so maybe they will be better adjusted from the jump on that first game and, and not need time to settle into that gym. But 
Yeah, it, it feels like this team just doesn't really kind of feel the pressure or feel the outside noise or, or what people think they're supposed to do. They just kind of go by the beat of their own uh, drum. They, they set their own standards, as they have they said so often this season, uh, and they've lived up to it. And, and, and I can guarantee you that Rick Barnes will have them focused uh, only on Wright State and then we'll, and we'll have them convinced that Wright State can beat them, uh, whether that's actually true or not. Sure. Well, I mean, I, I think any team that's capable of getting there is, is a team capable of beating you. You know, anytime you got a team that's won twenty plus games and and has won his conference tournament, you, you know, you're you're facing a team that uh, can beat you. Ask Iowa State years ago, losing to a fifteen seed. I mean, this this stuff it, it does happen. And I, you know, I you know, on that first day, and the thing that's interesting to me is that Tennessee's one of the very first games of the tournament on Thursday. And sometimes it just seems like there's weird things that happen in those games. I, I don't know why. Maybe it's going back to, you know, I, I feel like that the the, the Drew game uh, when, when Ole Miss lost, um, you know, on that, that great final play there by Valpo, I feel like that was early in the afternoon uh, on one of those days. And it, it just seems like some weird things can kind of happen early on in the day. But I, I just, I, I don't, I don't think this team's going to go out there and make such a mess of itself that it can't correct it. I don't know if they're going to go out there and be just completely polished at the start, but uh, I think the way that they they kind of – they were a little bit of deer in the headlights in that first few minutes against Kentucky, and Kentucky's playing better ball. That That's absolutely true. But that was a lot of Tennessee just also just, just doing things that it doesn't normally do, you know, dribbling the ball off the leg just horrible passes, just some really dumb things that, that make you think nerves or overexcitement or, or, or something had to go into that. But th- this team didn't back down. It's like when it got put in a corner and it had to come out and play ball, it came out and played ball. And I really admire that trait that this team has because there's some tough guys on this team, you know, some some genuinely tough dudes. And, and I think that that's what you need. I mean, you, you need guys stepping up late in the season, which a guy like Admiral Schofield is doing. Uh, which is he's needed to because Grant Williams, I'm still not convinced is 100% the way you know the way you want him right now. I think he's still a little sore. It just seems like he's not as explosive as he normally is. Um, but you got guys like Amante Turner who just are so comfortable and confident in any situation, and he'll go out there and, and make some big plays for you. Uh, you got a guy like Jordan Bone who can step up now, and what a great game he had! My goodness. Uh, he was unreal uh, at the start of that game against Arkansas. Uh, and that, that was against a team with three good senior guards. So, you know, the, the, there, there's enough Kyle Alexander going out there and, and almost pulling down a double-double. You know, the, these guys are – John Fulkerson came out there and made a couple of nice plays against Kentucky. I, I just I, – I like what this team is about. And, and I think that, that the maturity there is, is something that, that can make this – you combine the – the maturity of this team, I think the toughness of this team, with the fact that I think it's a pretty decent bracket. And, and I wouldn't be surprised if Tennessee won that first game to sit here and we're talking about an Elite Eight team. Uh, I, I really believe that. I mean, I, I've been bullish on this team all season long, and I'm not going to stop doing that now. I think that, that they've got uh, the pieces when you look at what kind of teams that, that go late into March. The one thing this team doesn't have, and, and it is a scary proposition, as um, an ESPN writer uh, so I think correctly noted last week is that Tennessee is in SEC games Tennessee's opponents shot better from two percent two point range than Tennessee did that that is that is scary 
But I, I still think there's a lot to like about this team, the way it plays defense, the way it's getting some rebounds now. Uh, I just I think there's a lot to like there. Yeah, and going back to Kentucky, I, it felt like watching those first 16 minutes that uh, that the stage was a little too big uh, for those first few minutes. And it was a road that game. They, and it is a road game. And, and obviously Kentucky with the, the freshmen – uh, the, all the freshmen they rely on, they obviously haven't been on that stage before either in terms of the SEC tournament championship game, but they're under such an intense spotlight uh, playing for Kentucky that, you know, they're they're the biggest road game for every team they play on the road and uh, or the biggest home game every time they go on the road. But it did Tennessee did respond, and, and you're not going to have that Thursday because as cool as the NCAA tournament stage is and, and, you know, people all over the country are watching because it's all-day basketball all weekend, this is going to be a game between Tennessee and Wright State at 11:40 a.m. Uh, local time in Dallas, Texas. Uh, the arena is not going to be jammed. Uh, I mean, there'll be a good crowd in there, but it won't be crazy. It won't be some insane atmosphere. Uh, so I think Tennessee could could kind of find some comfort in that and and kind of ease their way into it. I mean, uh, I'm not saying start slow, but uh, it's not going to be a crazy, you know, life or death. Uh, your season's on the line, kind of feeling it's going to be kind of uh it's going to be a it's going to be a weird feeling it's, it's a it's a mid-afternoon game on a thursday or early afternoon game on a thursday uh f- far away from home for both teams so if you can settle into the atmosphere if they can kind of get comfortable uh i think they'll be fine if you get to sunday if it's miami or sorry saturday or, or if it's loyal chicago either one and, and you know that the sweet 16's on the line maybe it's a little bit different then but uh what bothered me against kentucky was it felt like they didn't step up into that moment and, and, and kind of and want that, you know, that atmosphere and that attention that they get when you're playing for a tournament title like that. But uh, I don't think that'll be the case Thursday. And, and if they can get settled in quickly and, and kind of find some comfort, I think they'll be fine. And, and we'll see how far this team can go. You know, Grant, we, we, we got to talk about this because the way that, that Schofield has been playing, I, I mean, is this just, is this really, a guy kind of turning that corner into being a star or, or, or is this just a guy who's got a hot hand right now? Because I, I, I mean, I think you can make arguments either way and, and I, I, I'm interested to see kind of whether this sticks or not, because he's got the offensive game uh, to, to, to be a star. It, it, it's, it's whether he'll do this at a consistent level now, which I guess is the question. Yeah, it's it's kind of getting harder to say it's just a hot hand when you when you think about it. This is going on for what three weeks now. Yeah, that he has has consistently scored over twenty points a game, or or pulled down eight or nine rebounds in a game if he didn't score over twenty points. And uh, what he did in that span against Kentucky, where he, he hits three state uh, three, scores thirteen straight points to to pull them out of that hole. I mean, that's absolutely putting your team on your back uh, and taking them with you because nobody else is is hitting any shots or, or taking over themselves and and they need him because Grant Williams has had some quiet nights I mean he wasn't a uh, he had some decent numbers in St. Louis but he, he wasn't kind of the star that he can be uh, that he has been I mean he was the SEC player of the year for a reason so yeah I, it's hard to lean towards hot hand I think this is kind of the player he's become and he's settling in uh, more and more on the wing uh, he's he's hitting threes as, as well as he has all season uh, and, and he can go from here because this is the time of year you need to be turning into the guy that that can that can pick up your team and carry them if needed. And uh, they got that in Admiral, and they got that in Grant Williams. Sometimes when Grant has to do it, uh, so that's two good guys that can 
play really good basketball for you. But right now, man, Admiral is the absolute MVP of this team, and uh, he is taking them. Uh, he'll take them as far as he can take them. He is, but I'll tell you this: I, I don't, I don't, I, I do agree with you that that Schofield is the MVP of this team. But I still love late in those situations, those late game situations. Lamonte Turner has just been. I mean, if you need a, if you absolutely need a shot. Uh, in your your Tennessee, I, I just I want the ball in his hands. I, I love the demeanor he has in those situations. I love the the just sort of he's like a he's like a little bulldog, you know. He he's just a a, a scrappy guy who's really kind of tough minded. Works really hard on his offensive game. He's become a better defender. And we're going to talk about Jordan Bone in a second because we can't not talk about that. But I I just I, I still think that that I. I Lamonte, Lamonte Turner, I think, could be a guy who has a really nice NCAA tournament. Yeah, he is. Uh, he's pretty incredible in those big in those big moments, and and it seems like the ball finds him. I mean, uh, you go back to Mississippi State; uh, they really needed something down the stretch there when it looked like State was uh, really going to push them down to the final minute, uh, and Lamonte comes up with a steal and a transition layup, and and later on, uh, maybe the next possession, there's a there's kind of a a loose ball offensive rebound situation. And it just kind of squirts out to him in the paint and he pops it right back up and it goes in. And, and those are four huge points uh, and against Kentucky he hits a huge three to put him back up uh, in the second half when the shot clock is, I mean, it's expiring and, and he puts it up because he's, he's got to do something. The shot clocks at three, he's way behind the three point line. He hits it. I mean, those are just, those are the shots he hits. And uh, what, what he's done as a six man this year is, has, has been as, as important as anything, anybody has done in the starting lineup outside of probably Grant Williams. I mean, he's 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 not only scoring the way he scores, uh, but he rebounds as well. You know, pound for pound, he's one of the better rebounders on this team, as we've talked about this year. No doubt. Uh, and the the way he hits those big shots, uh, for, and it's not just been, you know, late in the season or at one point in the season. He did it back in November. He had a ton of huge shots in, in December, and he's done it throughout the, the SEC schedule. Uh and now this is the time of year. This is March. This is the, this is the month of big shots uh, and buzzer beaters and, and those moments that nobody ever forgets. And uh, if the ball's in Lamonte's hands, that's who you trust more than anybody. Yeah, and there were a couple times even in that Arkansas game where it looked like Arkansas was trying to sustain a rally and, and Tennessee was having a hard time scoring and, and here come the Hogs. And, you know, Tennessee fans are still so scarred from this team the past couple of years. And any time that starts happening, you go, uh-oh, here it goes, here it goes. And it seemed like definitely once, if not twice, in those situations, Lamonte stepped up and hit a big shot that just kind of shut everybody back up for a minute. And he just has that look in his face when he does it, like he's just kind of a quiet killer. And I don't say quiet, he runs his mouth a lot, but he's just kind of that small killer, you know, that little that little terrier or something that's kind of nipping at your heels. And I, I think he's a guy who, I just like you said, you, you talk about you talk about big shots in this tournament and that's this tournament comes down to the those guys who hit those just dagger three-pointers and those big shots and to me he's just a guy who who, who does that kind of stuff and and you know who um, why he might have to do it is because Tennessee every time that we sit here and say every time every single time that we sit here and say man maybe Jordan Bones really turning the corner now um, he, he doesn't and, and he had such a great game such a great game uh, against Arkansas. It just looked absolutely fantastic. You know, if you're an Arkansas uh, player or coach or fan, you probably think Jordan Bones an All SEC player because of what he's done to them in those couple games this season. Uh, and then the next day, he was a little more aggressive still, but just wasn't hitting shots. And 
Uh, you know, it's just is he just is he just always going to be that streaky guy? Because if he is, you can live with that. Um, because when he's good, he's really good. But man, it's just you want to see him start sustaining that momentum, and he just seems to find a way to not do it. Yeah, as Rick Barnes says, he's kind of he's kind of getting on in his career. He's 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 not a he's not a young player anymore. Uh, he's thirty three games into whatever we are here, thirty three, thirty four games into his sophomore uh, sophomore year. It's it's time for him to start figuring it out because uh, to play guard for for Rick Barnes, you got to do a lot of things well, and you got to do them well consistently. And I, I don't think anybody expects him to score at the clip that he was scoring against Arkansas. That was uh, that was fairly insane. When he does hit that first shot, uh, his first shot, it's it's usually a foul line jump or something like that. If he if he hits it, it feels like he settles in and, and stuff opens up for him, and uh, his aggressive play pays off because he'll get to the rim and he'll push the tempo and and do all the right stuff. And it feels like if he misses the first shot. Uh, it feels like he'll he'll miss the rest of them. It, it just kind of feels like that's the way the kind of player he is. But uh, March is about consistent guard play as, as much as it is about defense and rebounding. And, and Tennessee's got to find it uh, because there's too many games where Jordan Bone doesn't show up. There's too many games where Jordan Bowden doesn't show up. Uh, you never know what you're getting in terms of how many minutes James Daniel can keep himself on the floor for. I mean, these, these are the things we've talked about for how long now uh, all season. Uh, it's time for them to find some answers. And right now it just seems like Jordan Bones, that player that, that you're never going to know what you're going to get night in and night out, at least through the, through whatever's left of his sophomore season. Yeah. And, and you were mentioning Bowden. He, he had a particularly uh, rough SEC tournament. He finished, uh, he was three for 17 from the floor and one for 10 from three point range, scored five points the final two days. So uh, that, that's again, you know, I think we've established that at least right now, Bowden's not going to step up and be a legitimate big time consistent scorer. Uh, maybe he's, he's just going to score in spurts, but they need more from him than that. I mean, as well as Lamonte Turner's playing, uh, they've got to get more, um, from Bowden and he was in some foul trouble the final couple of days. And maybe that's something, had something to do with it. Uh, and he was aggressive, which I do like he did get, uh, six rebounds and three steals, uh, or, or in a couple steals in that first game, which I which I like. But uh, again, it's just uh, Bone and Bowden. They just th- when they're good, man, they're good, and this team can go a long way. Because uh, I think this whole thing, we all know, we all know in March that you can be as good as you want to be at the three, four, and five positions. If you are not good at guard in this tournament, it's just hard to win. It, it's you can maybe go in a little bit, but you're. If you want to do what this team wants to do, which is get to a Final Four, you're going to have to have guard play. Yeah, and, and if you don't have it, you're going to have to have Grant Williams be the SEC Player of the Year. Every every time he steps on the floor, you're going to have to have Admiral Schofield uh, be the guy that he's been the last three weeks uh, every time he steps on the floor. This team does want to play inside out, but uh, and those guys can handle the load if, if they have to handle the load, but yeah, you're you're exactly right. If if you really want to win the games in the tournament that, that this team wants to win, and we're not just talking about getting to the second round or or getting to the Sweet 16, this team has uh, a lot more in, in in its mind than than just doing that. Uh, you're going to have to get something. Uh, if it's if it's Turner one night, Bowden one night, Bone the next night, whatever whatever you got to do to patch it together to make it work. But you got to find some consistency if it's from one player uh, or if it's by committee. Yeah, and they. You know that this team does have that kind of upside. I, I think you know this. This team has the kind of upside 
that when you start looking at this bracket, guys who know basketball, you know, a guy like Tom Crean says Tennessee, he thinks Tennessee's a Final Four team. And you heard guys like Andy Kennedy and, and Frank Martin say that they think Tennessee's going to make a deep NCAA tournament run. When you look at what this roster has and, and what you need, if those guards play well, everything else is there. Uh, I mean, you, you, you know, and, and I'm not, and I'm saying, I'm not assuming that someone like Kyle Alexander is going to play well. I'm just saying, you know, the no, the things that you know, that you know what you're going to get more or less from Grant Williams. You know what you're going to get from Schofield right now. You know the kind of defensive pressure and intensity you're you're going to get right now. If the guards can play pretty well offensively then this team has every other piece that it needs. It defends well uh, when it needs to get rebounds. Uh, most of the time it gets them. Uh, now that's been a bugaboo for this team when it loses games and is giving up too many offensive boards. But when this backcourt plays well, this is a team that nobody will want to play. And, and Virginia, you look at the top seed in that bracket in the south, which I think is probably maybe not the toughest region, but I think probably the second toughest region at least, it, it, it's, you know, Virginia's sixth man of the year in the S, in the ACC is not playing in this tournament. Uh, Kentucky uh, and, and Arizona are both really dangerous teams, and, man, it'd be fun to see Kentucky-Tennessee round four. Uh, be, they've played some pretty good games this year. But I, you can't get too far ahead because that's when you get caught napping and you, you lose the first game. And I don't think a guy with Barnes' experience is going to let that happen. But I also don't think this team's going to do that. I think if this team will be guilty of anything in, in, in this tournament, it, it will be not being ready for the, the bright lights and the pressure and the big moment. Uh, and I'm not saying that I think that'll happen, but I think that's something I could see happening. I don't see this team getting full of itself and, and, and not and looking past an opponent. I don't think that's going to happen. Uh, I just knowing, the, knowing these guys the way we've gotten to know them, uh, the past few years covering them, I just I don't see this bunch doing that. They've worked too hard to get here, I think. Yeah, and they've responded too well uh, throughout the season and, and played a, a pretty consistent brand of basketball. Even though uh, the thing that Barnes harps on, you know, constantly is consistency. They've consistently won games. They haven't had stretches this season where they've just been absolutely terrible. They had a little, they had a little lull there when they lost Alabama and Georgia. Uh, you know, late in the season, but they bounced back and won four in a row the way they did uh, and played well in the SEC tournament. So they've responded well. And and going back to guard play, I mean, when you get good guard play, you get what you've got against Arkansas, which is uh, beating a number seven seed in the NCAA tournament basically by 20. Uh, And it wasn't really that much of a competitive game. They pretty much dominated, even though Arkansas did have a little bit of a a run there in the second half. So, yeah, if, if, if those guards come to play, that's the kind of team you can be a, a team that's beating a number seven seed by 20. And uh, if, if it's chalk in the second round, you're getting Miami a number six seed. So that's something that uh, you could potentially do to them and, and, you know, kind of compare them to Arkansas in terms of resume. But yeah, this, this team, you never know. Uh, it's felt like all year, this team could be an early exit in the NCAA tournament, or they could be a deep run. You could just never figure out what, what's, what's going to happen, but, but where they've played themselves as a number three seed that obviously plays in their favor. Uh, big time, and you look at the bracket. Uh, number number two, Cincinnati. Uh, that's a that's a team that almost fell to a three seed. So you'd think that's a team that Tennessee could could play ball with. Uh, you look at Virginia, the injury you're talking about. You're probably going to get an Arizona, Kentucky date in the second round. So one of those teams is obviously got to be eliminated uh, by the time Atlanta rolls around. So if this team, Tennessee team, does take care of business and and and, and meets its goal and keeps advancing. Uh, it could be some interesting matchups if they make it to Atlanta. Yeah, before we get out of here, Grant, because we're gonna we're gonna get out of here a little bit 
maybe a little bit earlier than usual because we both have uh, a lot of traveling to do on Wednesday. And I know Grant's flight leaves at what seems like three o'clock in the morning. And I got to do some stuff before I get on the plane as well. Before we get out of here, Grant, what, what what's your gut feeling kind of on this weekend? I know that it's always hard to, you know, to, to, to not be pinned down in a situation like this, but, but what's your gut kind of tell you? Cause you know, I, I think you're the only guy who's been around this team probably more than I have. So that's, I mean, I, I think I'm, I, I value your opinion as much as anyone's on, on what this team can do this weekend. I, I mean, I like their, I like their chances. Uh, I think they're in a good place right now. Uh, they played well in St. Louis. They were, uh, they seemed loose throughout the, the, the weekend. Uh, like they were enjoying the moment, uh, you know, and it feels like I'm, I'm giving them the kiss of death here saying I like their matchups and, and I like the way they're playing right now. Uh, I think I wanted. I think I said they would get bounced in the second round of the or the the semifinal round of the SEC tournament. And obviously, they, that didn't happen. So I, I would hate to curse them and say I like their matchups, but I like their matchups. Uh, uh, you know, they didn't get Nashville. That was disappointing for them. But uh, they, they've they've done so well to get to a number three seed that I, I think they can take care of business and get to Saturday. And, and we'll see how they react with the, with the Sweet 16 on the line. But uh, I think they can beat any of the any of the three other teams that are in their pod, and uh, we'll we'll hit the reset if they happen if they happen to do that and, and see what they can do. Yeah, uh, if, depending on who makes it to Atlanta. And if they get to Atlanta, if they do get to Atlanta, you're going to see a lot of orange in that building. I think there's going to be a if lot. If they of get people. to Atlanta, it's going to be glorified home games, uh, because obviously Cincinnati is the number two seed, but that's another three hours tacked on that drive. If and those a bigger fans fan base making that. Uh, trip. If if Kentucky gets there, obviously that's going to be Kentucky, uh, and you know what that's going to bring. But uh, if this team turns into a Sweet 16 team or or an Elite Eight team, uh, that's a a historically great season. I mean, this team's already won 25 games. Only other three other Tennessee basketball teams in program history uh, have done that, so they've had a historically great season. Uh, let's just see if if they can keep playing well uh, when it matters most. And let's see how much longer we'll be covering this team this season because. Uh, the 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 as long as it's playing ball, Grant, we're gonna we're gonna be there. It'll be uh, it'll be easier to get to Atlanta than it will be to get to Dallas. That is that is very true. Well, get on it here, buddy. I know you got a late 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 uh, night and an early early flight in the morning. Let's uh, let's see. Uh, we'll, we'll reconvene in Dallas. We'll find out who yeah. shot Jr. Yeah, ready in just a couple hours. Ready one two three. Ready break. <laughs> see you, bud. Well, guys, that was that was Grant, ladies and gentlemen. I think he's got, I think he's got the the right idea. I really do. I, I think this. I, I think this Tennessee team is is bound for a big weekend. I don't know if the if it's going to be completely easy. I'm not going to use that word at all because it's an NCAA tournament and things happen. And uh, I also don't want to be uh, the one guilty of giving this team the kiss of death by giving it too much uh, confidence or putting too much confidence in this team. But I don't know. I've been around these guys a lot, and I, I was bullish on them going into the season. I'm bullish on them now. I think that when you've seen enough basketball, you, you kind of see when a team has pieces to do something kind of special. And I, I think this Tennessee team uh, has has the ability to go out there and do something special. I really do. I might be wrong about that, but you know, I mean, watch Dwight State go out there and hit 18 threes in that ball game and set some kind of record, and then Tennessee loses, but. I don't think that's going to happen. I don't think it's going to happen. I really don't. Guys, we're going to try to do some kind of podcast stuff from from Dallas. 
I don't want to make any promises because we're taking the travel equipment and you know how that can go because we have the nice Fort Rucker studio equipment here, but it's too much to log all the way down there to Dallas. And we're going to try to, to give you some stuff while we're down there because we know it's a big time of year for Tennessee. It's a, it's a big moment and we're going to be there to cover all of it. And before I get out of here, guys, again, East Tennessee Children's Hospital, Dancing with the Knoxville Stars, help us out. You can help us out, right? You can. ETCH.com slash DWTKS. That's ETCH.com slash DWTKS. We'll see y'all in Dallas.